On Monday, the New York Board of Regents announced it would dump the academic literacy skills test. They didn't dump the test, which was designed to test teachers on reading ability in order to raise standards because there was anything wrong with the test, per se. They dumped it because too many minority teachers were failing it. One of the members of the task force that looked at the teacher certification test, Professor Leslie Sudak of Pace University, said, quote, having a white workforce really doesn't match her student body anymore. It turns out that, according to ABC News, 54% of Hispanics and 59% of blacks who took the test failed it on the first try, as opposed to 36% of whites. Does that mean the test was racist? Nope. A federal judge in New York, not exactly a bastion of conservatism, ruled the test was fine. That wasn't enough, though, for the state of New York, where it's more important that your teacher is black than that your teacher can read and understand material. Sudex comments were echoed by National Council on Teacher Quality President Kate Walsh, who summarily dismissed test results. Quote, there's not a test in the country that doesn't have a disproportionate performance on the part of blacks and Latinos. But she acknowledged that getting rid of the test would be a step in the wrong direction. Here is the problem, the students. There's this weird notion on the left that students learn better from teachers of equal quality so long as the teacher shares a race with those students. A good deal of research finds weak or no evidence to substantiate that claim, and that's assuming the teachers are of equal quality. There is no evidence, none, zippo zilch, that an inferior teacher of the same race is better for a student than a superior teacher of a different race, yet it's that latter hypothesis New York wants to now pursue. So New York State now wants to sublimate the interests of its students to the interests of political correctness. Better for a black kid to have a black teacher who failed the ALST than to have a white teacher who passed it. Statistically, of course, this means a higher likelihood the black kid will have an underqualified teacher than a white kid, since we're now attempting to race sort rather than to hire meritorious teachers. That creates new intergenerational pathologies of failed education, for which, presumably, the left will blame white racism and test discrimination without evidence. Meanwhile, the kids continue to fail. Well done, New York. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Alrighty, so we have lots to talk about, including the greatest media fail of my lifetime. I mean, this is a giant epic-sized media fail, and it is glorious in every way it is possible for this to be glorious. And we'll talk about Rachel Maddow and her giant fail of epic proportions in just a second. But first, we have to say thank you to new sponsors over at Blinds.com. So I'm very excited to be working with Blinds.com. I've heard about them for years. They do fantastic work in your home. So the way that this works is you got old blinds. You got those crappy old kind of plastic blinds that your grandmother put up years ago. And you want to get rid of those and replace those with something nice that doesn't look like something out of the set of the wire. And so you go out and you go to blinds.com. And instead of going to like Bed Bath & Beyond or any of these other stores and trying to purchase really, really expensive blinds, and then you have to put them up yourself and they're not properly tailored to the specifications of your windows. Blinds.com makes it super easy for you. If you're not sure what you want or even where to start, you get a free online design consultation. Then you can go on their website and you can specify. You measure your window and then you specify what the window size is and what kind of blinds you want. And they cut it to specifications. They send back custom recommendations from a professional for what will work with your color scheme and your furniture in specific rooms. So if you're a dude and you have no idea what exactly the blinds should look like in your house, they have somebody who definitely will. And then they send you free samples to make sure that everything looks the same as it does online in person. Person. And if you mismeasure or if you pick the wrong color, if you screw up, Blinds.com will make your blinds for free. 
They'll remake them for free. Okay, so if you make the mistake, they'll make them for free, which is awesome. That's an amazing deal. They've made it really easy for you. Blinds.com. For a limited time, you get 20% off everything at Blinds.com when you use the promo code BEN. 20% off everything at Blinds.com when you use promo code BEN. Blinds.com, promo code BEN. They've got faux wood blinds and cellular shades and roller shades and more. I've looked at their product. It really is spectacular. High-quality stuff. It's going to really upgrade the look and feel of your house. It can even help with energy costs because the blinds they sell are going to be better than probably what you got on there right now in terms of keeping out heat. Blinds.com, promo code BEN. Blinds.com, promo code BEN. There are some rules and restrictions, but it's Blinds.com, promo code BEN, and you make sure that you use that promo code BEN so you get the 20% off your entire order, which is an awesome deal. Plus, you let them know that we're the ones who sent you. Okay, so Rachel Maddow has herself an evening last night. And it is just hilarious. So here's how it went. About 3.35 yesterday afternoon Pacific time, Rachel Maddow goes to Twitter and she says, we have Trump tax returns. We have Trump tax returns. Ooh. And everybody goes crazy. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. We're going to finally find out what he's been hiding for all these years. What is he hiding from? What doesn't he want people to know? Is he secretly named Dmitry Trumpkin? What is his, Is he in the pay of the Russians? Does he have no money? Is he actually broke? Has he been stealing money from small children? We don't know. Now we're going to find out because Rachel Maddow has all the new information. There's this massive buildup on Twitter. Huge buildup. And then she shows up on air, and for like 30 minutes, she does this long lead-up, this long, drawn-out... Now, I don't watch Maddow a lot, so I can't speak to whether she does this regularly. Apparently, she's kind of famous for this. She does like 10-minute monologues that don't lead anywhere, and then finally she gets to the news. And she did that last night, except it felt like hours, and people on Twitter were going nuts. Why don't you just get to the meat of the matter, as my father used to say, get to the meat of the matter, Uncle Eddie. Like, at some point, you're going to have to actually tell us what's in these tax returns. And finally, she gets there, and sad trombone. Here's Rachel Maddow last night on MSNBC. There are definitely um, personality-driven and petty reasons to seek the president's tax returns. Is he not as rich as he says he is? Is he not as charitable as he says he is? Was he in fact under audit when he was using that as an excuse to not release his tax returns? Was that worse than just a bad excuse? Was he really being audited? There's small reasons to be interested, right? But whether it's for small reasons or big reasons, there has been an unrelenting demand by people to see his tax returns. More than a million people have signed the White House petition demanding that he release his tax returns. But with all of that, the concerns about whether he's going to be self-dealing in his tax policies, concerns about whether he might have lied or misrepresented his own financial circumstance during the campaign, concerns about whether or not he might have misstated on things to the FEC. On and on and on. You can see she's going With on and that, on and on. It's unbelievable. The big national security worry. Okay, right? Is there a way the to fast forward to the part where she actually pulls the tax returns? Because she just goes on concern incessantly like this. Donald Trump's oh, still tax going. returns. Nope. To expose. Yep, oh, still going. Has decided to leak. Okay, here we go. A portion of his 2005 tax return, which mm -hmm. is how mm -hmm. and why we got it tonight. And I am sure it is only the start, but it's a start. And our little piece of it, we just got it. We'll go through it. Yes. Okay, so and then she goes to break, right? Get, get you through that commercial break. Finally, what does she reveal? What does she reveal? She reveals that Donald Trump in 2005 paid 150, he had made $150 million uh, in, uh, in income, and he paid $38 million in taxes. 
sad trombone. Because right? <laughs> you know what they were hoping is that he never paid any taxes, right? You know what they were hoping is that he's declared a loss every year for, for, for all time, that he will, he's not a billionaire. It turns out that $150 million to make in a year, that's a lot of money. The average household income in the United States is somewhere around $56,000. So, if you were to earn that average household income for 2,600 years, you wouldn't hit $150 million. He made that in one year. So, number one, Trump is super duper rich. Well done, Rachel. Rachel Maddow, you've broken the story. You've got the silver bullet. Donald Trump is no longer president. It's unbelievable. I love when she says, but it is a start. As though she's actually going to break something. And then she breaks that he just made a crap load of money and paid a crap load of money in taxes. And that's the other part, right? He paid $38 million in taxes. $38 million, okay? That's a lot of money. $38 million is a crap in one year in taxes. Not only that, his effective tax rate that year was 25%. You know what Barack Obama's effective tax rate was in 2015? It was 19%. You know what Bernie Sanders' effective tax rate was in 2014? It was 13%. You know what Comcast, which owns NBC, you know what their effective average tax rate has been from 2008 to 2012? 24%. In other words, Donald Trump, in this one year of tax returns that they have, paid more as a percentage of his income than any of the people that I just mentioned. But they've been saying for years that he paid none, none, like zero taxes, none. So what did they come up with? I love this. What did they come up with to try and spin this as though Trump did something wrong? Well, you know, Trump only paid that much in taxes because of the alternative minimum tax. The alternative minimum tax is this idiotic tax provision that basically catches you. If you have a lot of deductions and you make a lot of money, then it basically jacks your rate back up. And Trump wants to get rid of that because he says that's not fair. You know, you're basically, it's just a money grab. And say, well, if Trump had his way, he would have paid not very much in taxes at all. Right. And if I had my way, I'd pay nothing in taxes legally, because the fact is that I don't want to pay all my money to the government. The government sucks. But I love this. They're going nuts over this. My God, it's just unbelievable. Okay, this was the giantest fail, the giantest media fail since Geraldo Rivera opened Al Capone's vault, if you recall, (laughs) where he made the big buildup. We're going to open Al Capone's Al Capone's vault. And then this is what actually happened. You know, uh, when we began opening this vault nearly two hours ago, We had no real idea what we'd find inside. As it turns out, we haven't found very much, at least not not yet. In any case, I think that uh, Kelly answered to a legend a half century old or so has been resolved. I don't know if we've gone far enough. I mean, we found the other wall over there. There may be more to be discovered. (laughs) Okay, this is one of the more embarrassing moments in TV history, and Rachel Maddow topped it because at least it was Geraldo doing something ridiculous about Al Capone's vault from, like, 50, 60 years before, Rachel Maddow is doing something about the most sought-after document in modern presidential history, Donald Trump's tax returns, and she comes up absolutely empty. Even the left doesn't know exactly why this is happening to them. Even the left is looking at this going, what in the world? Like, the, no, this, the, Don Lemon said, how is this not good for Trump? How? How is this not good for Donald Trump? Oh, I think it may be good for Donald Trump. I mean, one of the things that's uh, very strange about this is Donald Trump probably would benefit from releasing his tax returns with a lot this of people. David K. Johnson, the guy who's speaking right there. David K. Johnson is the guy who apparently anonymously received the tax returns in his, in his mail. Now, do I believe that Trump leaked his own tax returns? No, I don't believe Trump leaked his own tax returns, because if he wanted to do that, he could have done that a long time ago. It wouldn't have hurt him at all for him to do it. Like, why would he do it now? It doesn't, I guess they were saying that he was trying to distract from the Trump care fail, but I don't, I don't buy that. But it wouldn't surprise me if some guy named John Miller had done it. 
Right. For, for those who don't know, John Miller is actually a Trumpian alter ego. He is his PR guy. Again, the only reason I say that is because it's really funny. Like, they, they go through this whole rigmarole about the tax returns. Now, does this answer every question people have about the tax returns? Of course not. Because the fact is that we still don't have Trump's tax returns from any time in the last 10 years. We still don't know why exactly he won't release them. And it seems to me that the same logic that people had with regard to Obama's birth certificate should certainly apply to Trump, right? All the people who said that Obama was actually born in Kenya, the reason he's not revealing his birth certificate is because he's actually born in Kenya. And then, and then Obama reveals his birth certificate, and he's, of course, not born in Kenya. Those same people, they're not calling for Trump's tax returns. But you would imagine that by the same logic, they should be saying there's something nefarious in there that Trump doesn't want you to see. Now, it's very possible that Trump is just trolling people the same way Obama did. Obama trolled people for years on his birth certificate. It's possible that Trump is trolling people for years on his tax returns, and eventually he releases them and there's nothing in them. It's also possible that it shows that he's not worth $10 billion. He's worth like $2 billion. And Trump is such an egomaniac that it's quite possible that he thinks that this would somehow sink him in the public estimation. Like, we're all out here sitting around going, well, you know, now we know he's a liar. He's only worth $2 billion. Guess he ain't that rich. Hmm? Again, that's that's really silly if that's why he's doing it. But, you know, we still haven't answered why he hasn't released the tax returns. But it just demonstrates the media's desire for a silver bullet for Trump is so high. This is why people were sitting on this last night. This is why, for the first time, anyone watched Rachel Maddow's crappy show was because they were hoping they'd tune in. And suddenly she'd reveal hundreds of pages of tax returns. And somewhere buried deep in there would be Donald Trump trying to take a deduction for child sex slavery or something. Right? There'd be a silver bullet buried somewhere in there to destroy Donald Trump. Uh-uh. Didn't happen. Just hilarious. Trump himself released a statement last night. You can always tell when Trump himself releases the statements, because the statements uh, are uh, include the word totally. If a statement includes the word totally, then Donald Trump wrote it. So here is what the statement said. Before being elected president, Mr. Trump was one of the most successful businessmen in the world with a responsibility to his company, his family, and his employees to pay no more tax than legally required. That being said, Mr. Trump paid $38 million, even after taking into account large scales depreciation for construction on an income of more than $150 million, as well as paying tens of millions of dollars in other taxes, such as sales and excise taxes and employment taxes, and this illegally published return just proves that. You can also tell it's a Trump, tax, a Trump statement because of the run-on sentences. Despite the substantial income figure and tax paid, it is totally illegal to steal and publish tax returns. The dishonest media can continue to make this part of their agenda, while the president will focus on his, which includes tax reform that will benefit all Americans. Good for Trump. I don't see anything wrong with Trump's statement. It is not illegal, by the way, for Rachel Maddow to put this on the air so long as she didn't actually steal the documents or illegally obtain the documents. If somebody just handed them to her like an informant handed them to her and she went with them, then she didn't do anything particularly illegal. Again, Trump could not have planned this better. If she if she, if she didn't if she if Trump didn't have anything to do with this, he should have because it's just incredible. She humiliated herself on national television in a major way, demonstrating once and for all that all the media want from all of this is just to destroy Trump. We'll pause that for a second and say thank you to our friends over at the United States Concealed Carry Association. So, if you're somebody who needs firearms education or training or self-defense insurance. You know, you get into a shooting incident and you need somebody to help you with the defense. Somebody breaks into your house, you shoot them. doesn't mean the police won't arrest you or you won't be prosecuted. That's why you need to talk to my friends over at the USCCA. But they have something particularly cool right now. And that is, if you go to defendmyfamilynow.com, defendmyfamilynow.com, you can enter 
to win the chance to win $1,500 for any gun you want. Ten of my listeners are going to get $1,500 for any gun that they want by going to defendmyfamilynow.com. There are no restrictions. Any gun, any brand, any caliber you want, you enter to win $1,500 for the gun of your dreams. Quick, simply free. Defendmyfamilynow.com. Plus, you should go there anyway, not just for the, the chance to win the money. But defendmyfamilynow.com. You go there right now and, uh, and get all the information that you could possibly want or need about concealed carry, about gun ownership, about where you can find training, about where you can find legal help. Uh, they're a great organization. I couldn't speak more highly of them. United States Concealed Carry Association, DefendMyFamilyNow.com, again, is the place to go to get all their information as well as to enter for your chance. Ten of my listeners are going to win 1500 bucks for any gun they want. USCCA, fantastic organization, DefendMyFamilyNow.com. Okay, so Sean Hannity last night uh, kind of assuming that this was going to be a big disaster for Trump, he went out there and he did his show, and he said that uh, NBC was waging a corporate jihad against Trump. They are breaking laws all in an effort to undermine and delegitimize the newly elected president. NBC News in particular is on a political jihad against the president and his administration. Okay, now I can say that that Rachel Maddow is awful at her job. I can say that MSNBC obviously has a political bias and that most of journalism is now perpetuated against Donald Trump. That's true. When he says NBC is waging a corporate jihad against Trump, I don't like words like jihad because the idea that it's like some sort of holy war equivalent to, you know, the people who are actually murdering people all over the world, I think is really silly and I think it's over the top. But you can see why the right thinks this about the left. You can see why the right looks at what happened on Maddow last night and we say, uh, guys, you are out of your damn mind. If you think that this is how you're going to bring down the president, you must be totally crazy. I thought the most ironic thing, though, was last night there was a Hillary spokesman named Brian Fallon. And if you recall, Hillary Clinton said that Donald Trump paid nothing in taxes during the campaign. She said the reason he won't reveal his tax returns is because he paid nothing in taxes. This is Hillary during the campaign. Why won't he release his tax returns? And I think there may be a couple of reasons. First, maybe he's not as rich as he says he is. Second, maybe he's not as charitable as he claims to be. Third, we don't know all of his business dealings, but we have been told through investigative reporting that he owes about $650 million to Wall Street and foreign banks. Or maybe he doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes because the only years that right anybody there because because obviously that's not true. Now her spokesman comes forward and says, "Pay no attention to those tax returns showing that he actually paid 38 million dollars in taxes. We should instead return focus to Trump Care tomorrow and the millions it will leave uninsured." <laughs> Oops. Oops, we stepped on the rake, it hit us in the face, and now we should switch the topic because that did not go quite as planned, oopsies. So, is it okay to enjoy the Schadenfreude of the of the entire left stepping on its own feet with regard to Trump's tax returns on this one? Yeah, it is. Should Trump still release his tax returns? Yeah, he should. But for the moment, let's just enjoy the spectacle of Rachel Maddow making a huge deal out of the fact that Donald Trump is very rich and pays lots of taxes because it's quite spectacular. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Trump Care and the confusion therein. We're also going to be talking about what is easily the greatest prank in history played by 4chan. This is a fantastic, fantastic prank you're going to want to hear about. But to hear about that, to, to see that, you got to subscribe over at dailywire.com. Eight bucks a month will get you a subscription to Daily Wire. And, uh, and today, do we have a special deal for the annual subscribers yet? 
Jonathan? I don't know if it's up yet. I don't know if it's up yet or not. So, uh, so annual subscribers, uh, you know what? I'm just going to say it is, and then people will be on the hook. So that's just the way it works. So, okay. So the, the annual subscribers today, we have a new deal for you, annual subscribers. The number one Amazon best-selling book, a masterwork of thoroughness, a comprehensive investigation into leftist ideology, our own Michael J. Knowles, B.A., Yale University. His book, his number one best-selling book, Reasons to Vote Democrat, yes, it's 260 pages of blank paper. And yes, it does have a quote from me on the front that says, Thorough. You can get that for free right now when you're an annual subscriber. You get it signed by our own Michael J. Knowles, and he is just eager to sign them for you. In fact, as I showed you the other day, he signs copies to himself. He inscribes copies of his own book to himself, because that's who Michael J. Knowles is. But you can get a copy of that for free, a signed copy for free, when you become an annual subscriber at dailywire.com. And you're going to want to anyway, because that way you can see the rest of the show live. You can see Clavin's show live. You can become part of the mailbag. We're going to have a Shapiro store that starts very shortly. We have a couple of books that I'm going to release in the next few months that are going to be great that you're going to want to be able to get discounts on and get a piece of. So go over to dailywire.com right now and subscribe. Otherwise, just wait until later and listen to iTunes or SoundCloud and uh, leave us a rating on iTunes if you're a fan. Uh, If you're not a fan, then don't leave a rating. Instead, just listen and then turn off your phone. Um, But in any case, we are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Okay, so... You know, I think one of the reasons that the media are so over their skis on, on Trump tax returns is because at least it's a piece of information that they can kind of grab, right? It's, it's at least a piece of information. It's not fake news because it's news. It's just stupid news. But they're trying to grab onto any hard piece of information they can find because they're being bamboozled with bull bleep. By the, by the Trump administration, right? The Trump administration puts out so much information, some of which is true and some of which is false, the media don't know how to cover it, and then the media are not credible with us anyway, so we don't know what to believe from the media. So, as Norm MacDonald said last night, we can't trust the Trump people, and we can't trust the media, so we can't trust anybody. And there's a reason for this, right? Like Sean Spicer, yesterday, he says that, you know, Kellyanne Conway played this yesterday. Kellyanne Conway was saying that, that uh, Trump was indeed surveilled, uh, maybe not through wiretap, but he was surveilled. And you could use microfo- microwaves that turn into cameras to do this. And we mocked her for this. Here's Sean Spicer commenting on it. Does the president believe that he was surveilled through microwaves and televisions? Uh, I'm not going to. I will just say the president has tweeted about this. He's pretty clear that he believes that there was surveillance that was conducted during the 2016 election, and we're going to wait for the conclusion of, of that. I, I think there's pretty sound evidence that has been that the microwave is, is not a sound way of surveilling someone, and I think that has been cleaned up. It was made in jest, so I think we can put that to rest. Okay, it was actually not made in jest. <laughs> we watched the tape yesterday. It was pretty clearly not made in jest, but this is going to be the new thing. Remember when John Stewart used to do the clown nose on, clown nose off routine, where he would talk politics and be very serious, and then the minute any would say, your analysis sucks, you'd say, well, I'm not an analyst, I'm a comedian. Of course my analysis sucks, I'm a comedian. Right, Colbert did it too. Now we have that in the White House. So every time Trump says something that's not true, it'll be, hey, he was just joking. He was just being facetious. And every time he says something true, it'll be, you have to take him seriously. He's the president. Well, this confuses, I think, everyone. And I think that that's not a wonderful thing. And then what's even more confusing is that people like Brian Williams in the media are covering it and acting confused. Brian Williams should not even be on TV. Here is Brian Williams explaining that he can't believe anything the Trump White House says. A question that I mean to ask seriously, is it as striking to you in the briefing room as it is to television viewers that an alternative universe is being proposed, alternative um, definitions are being trotted out in real time? Okay. 
there's an alternative universe where Brian Williams flew in a chopper that was almost attacked in Iraq. There's an alternative universe where Brian Williams saw bodies float by him during Hurricane Katrina in an area of the city that actually was not flooded. And th- there's an alternative universe where Brian Williams is a journalist and we live in it. So the fact that we all live in this alternative universe where Brian Williams is a journalist after having told all of those lies and he's still there questioning the credibility of Trump. Does it really surprise anyone that no one believes in truth anymore when we can't trust anyone to even attempt to tell the truth? Does that even surprise anybody anymore? The answer is no. And then that what that means is that when it comes to actual policy, we still don't know who to believe. So on Trump care, who do you believe? Do you believe the Trump administration or do you believe the CBO? Do you believe Tom Cotton or do you believe Paul Ryan? Tom Cotton from the Senate, Senator from Arkansas, he's saying, you know, Trump keeps saying, Ryan keeps saying that on Trump care, there's going to be a three-phase replacement of Trump care, that, uh, of Obamacare. With, and we're just seeing the beginning. And the Wall Street Journal today endorsed Trump care because what they said is the best part of, tr- of Trump care is that instead of tying federal contributions to state Medicaid to need. Instead, we just give block grants to states. We give $10 billion to the states every year for the next 10, and then we sort of phase it out. You know, and, and the Wall Street Journal says that lowers the deficit tremendously. Yeah, it would lower the deficit tremendously, except for the fact that it's never going to happen. We're going to give the block grants to the state for like three years, and then Congress is going to be yelled at by the people for not giving more money to the states, and then they're going to raise it. Okay, There's never been an entitlement program in history that has stuck to the baseline set for it originally by Congress. So, no, that's not going to happen. But Paul, Tom Cotton says, look, there is no three-phase replacement. This is all a bunch of crap. There is no three-phase process. There is no three-step plan. That is just political talk. It's just politicians engaging in spin. And he is right. And then meanwhile, Paul Ryan, it came out yesterday, there's a tape of him from back in October disassociating from Trump. And now he's saying that Trump and he are on exactly the same page. They're bestest friends in the world as his piercing blue eyes stare at Martha McCallum. I want to get your response to this audio that came out this morning. I'm sure you heard about it. I'm just going to play a little piece of it. Uh, And I want to give you a chance to respond to it. Let's play it. I am not going to defend Donald Trump. Not now, not in the future. Look, you guys know I have real concerns with our nominee. Um, I hope you appreciate that um, I'm doing what I think is best for you, the members, not what's best for me. And so I want to do what's best for our members, and I think uh, that this is the right thing to do. So I'm not going to try to defend him. Um, I'm going to focus on Congress. I'm going to focus on upholding our values. That was back on October 10th after that Access Hollywood tape came out during the course of the election. But, the, you know, a lot of people are speculating that it may be being released today because mm. people want to pressure you for other reasons on health care. What do you think? I got really thick skin, Martha. Uh, this is ancient history. That was back then when you, like you said, when that, that video came out. Uh, you, look, it's no secret Donald and I had our ups and downs. The president and I had our ups and downs during the campaign. Uh, but we merged forces at the end of the campaign. I, I campaigned with Mike Pence. I supported Donald Trump. We merged forces. And since then, we've been working hand in glove together. So honestly, we're I just gotta... best friends. Everybody's best friends. If you look at all this and you say everybody's full of crap, then you're about where I am. I think everybody's full of crap on all this stuff, which is why the best solution is for government to get out of everybody's business, because then you don't have to worry if they're full of crap. People on the left, I implore you, if you think that Paul Ryan and Donald Trump are full of crap, I promise you, we believe the same thing about Barack Obama and Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They're all full of crap. It's just a bunch of sacks of crap sitting in Washington, D.C., running your life. And I don't want them in charge of my life. And if you don't want them in charge of your life, then maybe you should join me on this side of the aisle where we say, let's get everyone out of our life, from Paul Ryan to Donald Trump to Barack Obama to Hillary Clinton. They should all be not part of our lives. They should all leave us alone, because I don't know when they're telling me the truth. I don't know when they're lying to me. But 
I can pretty much guarantee they're lying to me. So let's put that aside and let's let's agree to disagree to the extent that we can actually tell all these people to go take a hike. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things I like, I've been doing great American plays this week. Uh, Long Day's Journey and Tonight by Eugene O'Neill. Uh, this is uh, one of the great American plays of all time. They did a very good uh, movie production of it with Jason Robards and Catherine Hepburn. Uh, and the entire play is about uh, a mother. It's about this dysfunctional family where one of the sons uh, has basically just been diagnosed with tuberculosis. The other one is is a lush. Uh, the father is a, is an actor who was once successful but is now older and failing. And a mother who is deeply troubled and unhappy and has a morphine addiction. So it's an upper. Yeah, it really, it really puts you in a good mood. Uh, this is one of the scenes from the film production. Uh, Jason Robards playing the older son, uh, who's telling the younger son that he needs to get with the program. The mom is not, you know, is is still hiding what she's doing. She's still a morphine addict. She wasn't taking a nap. No, not right then. But uh, she was lying down. Kathleen said. In the spare room. Yes, for Pete's sake, what of oh, it? You damn fool! Why do you leave her alone so long? Why don't you stick around? Well, she accused me and you and Pop of spying on her all the time and not trusting her. She made me feel ashamed. I know how rotten it must be for her. And she promised on her sacred word of honor. You ought to know that doesn't mean It does this time. That's what we thought the other times. Oh, look, kid, I know you think I'm a cynical bastard. But remember, I've seen more of this game than you have. You never knew what was really wrong until you were in prep school. Papa and I kept it from you. I was wise 10 years or more before we had to tell you. I know this gang backward, and I've been thinking all morning of the way she acted last night when she thought we were asleep. I haven't been able to think of anything else, and now you tell me she got you to leave her alone she upstairs all morning. Crazy. All right, kid. Don't start a battle with me. Hope as much as you do I'm crazy. You know, I've been happy as hell because I'd really begun to believe that this time... Not She's coming downstairs. You win on that one. I guess I was a damn suspicious louse. Damn it, I wish I grabbed another drink. Good film. Uh, and uh, it's it's definitely not an upper. Most great American plays aren't. Most most plays generally are kind of depressing, is the truth. Musicals are fun, but but plays are depressing. Um, but this is uh, this is a really good play. It was, it was so autobiographical that Eugene O'Neill dictated that it not be published, I think, 25 years after his death. Um, because he didn't want to hurt people in his family. Um, but it is a really good look at addiction and what it does to the people who surround the addict. Okay, uh, other things that I like. So I do love honesty, uh, as, as you can tell. And there was an honest reaction that happened the other day that was just hilarious. So they're doing the draw in, in college women's basketball. As you might suspect, I'm not a college basketball fan at all, and I'm certainly not a college women's basketball fan, um, because there are more people on the floor than in the stands, usually. But the, they were doing the draw for, for the NCAA tournament, and UConn is unbeatable. I mean, UConn's won like 107 straight games or something, and the team that drew them in the tournament is University of Albany, and I just thought this, this was really funny. This is them reacting to learning that they're in the tournament, but they also have to play UConn. They 
know this is going to be the shortest tournament ever. There's something charming about the fact that uh, that people react this way, and I do love the candid shots. Okay, but that is not the thing that I love the most. The thing I love the most today comes courtesy of 4chan. Now, as you may know, uh, I'm not world's most popular guy on 4chan, uh, and the reason for that is because I was not pro Donald Trump in, during, during the election cycle, and because uh, I was not a fan of useless trollery. But I think that some trollery is actually really fun, and this is pretty damn spectacular. So, Shia LaBeouf. I had this He Will Not Divide Us live stream, and it was in New York, and people kept pranking it. Like, our friend Steven Crowder went down there, did an entire broadcast of his show on Shia LaBeouf's live stream, and then Shia LaBeouf moved it. And what he did is he moved a camera to the middle of nowhere, and he put a flagpole, uh, on a flagpole, a flag that said, He Will Not Divide Us. And it's literally in the middle of nowhere, and all you can see is a picture of this, right? This is the entire picture. This is all that's on the live stream. It's just the flagpole with the flag and a camera pointed up at it into the clouds. And they didn't say where it is. Like, no, no one knows where it is. Okay, the thing about the people at 4chan is that apparently a huge percentage of them are unemployed, but very smart. And so what you end up with is a bunch of people who could cure cancer, but instead dedicate their lives to tracking down this particular flagpole in the middle of nowhere. So here is what they did. This is so insane. Here is what they did. So, the search began, this is according to Heat Street, the search began on March 8th and was immediately narrowed when LaBeouf was shot at, spotted on social media at a diner in Greenville, Tennessee. Although some in the thread believed the flag was in the Great Lakes areas due to wind patterns, the time of the sunset in Greenville matched with the time of the sunset on the stream, and so did the weather on local weather reports. So they spotted Shia LaBeouf there. They figured it's got to be somewhere near Greenville. Okay, well, Greenville's a really big area, right? So what did they do next? Well, the next thing that they did was they looked at the video and they could see contrails. You could see the shadow of contrails in the sky. So what did they do? They went to online flight radars and they found a similar pattern near Greenville where, the fl where, where two planes had crossed paths leaving this contrail pattern. But that area was too large to search. So then they started looking at the stars right well, during nighttime and they looked <laughs> you know, honest to God, these people like Find, you know, go find, like, all the top members of ISIS or so. Like, do something useful with your life. You're so good at this. Like, can't you do something beyond finding a flagpole in the middle of nowhere? They, they find where Polaris is, right? They find where the North Star is. <laughs> and then they decide that the, the, the placement of the camera... And, uh, and, they, and they use the placement of the camera to determine where this is approximately. And then they send out a guy in his truck to drive all around Greenville honking his horn to see if they can hear it over the live stream. right? And then they finally find this thing in a field, in the middle of a field on private property next to some guy's house. And they go there and they take down the flag finally. And then they put up, you guessed it, a MAGA hat and a shirt with Pepe on it. <laughs> That, uh, A for effort, guys. I mean, really spectacular stuff. I, I have to acknowledge. Like, I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, the pictures of me with my kids in gas chambers. That's not my that's not my, my cup of tea. But this is really, really funny. Like, this is pretty spectacular. And, uh, and anything that requires this much effort, you have to at least give an A for effort. Just amazing. Just amazing. So, you know, again, I would implore you, please, go to school. Get a job. Put that collective brain power to a use beyond finding Shia LaBeouf's stupid flagpole in the middle of nowhere so that you can put a MAGA hat on it. Like, really. Like, like, Trump should put you in charge of the OMB or something. He should fire everybody at the CBO and put the 4chaners in charge of it. Because if they applied their dedication to anything remotely useful, then they could cure the common cold. Because it's, that's amazing stuff. Okay. Time for some things that I hate. So, uh, today is the Rachel Maddow Bash Fest. 
Rachel Maddow uh, did, a, did a segment, not last night, but the night before, explaining that Russia is a terrible place. And Russia is a terrible place. You know why Russia is a terrible place? Because it was communist for 80 years, and then it turned into an oligarchy. So, it, at no point was there free market capitalism in Russia for any prolonged period of time. You can't go from communist to free market capitalism in one day. It takes a little while for the roots of the free market to take hold. Instead, you ended up with a, a ton of black market trafficking. When they actually privatized a lot of this stuff, they privatized it in the hands of a bunch of people who were oligarchic and close to the government. Now, Vladimir Putin runs basically the entire country. Uh, and so, Rachel Maddow is trying to describe poverty in Russia, and here's what she comes up with. It is kind of amazing when you start following Russian money laundering schemes all around the world. It is some exotic stuff, and it happens all over the world, and there is a ton of it. Um, I mean, Russia's a big country. Russia's got 140-something million people. But their economy, their GDP is like half of France. <laughs> They've got more than, just turn the flag on its side. They, I mean, Russia has more than double the population of France. They've got an economy half the size of France. Why is that? Part of that is because Russia is a kleptocracy. It is governed by thieves. I mean, you keep hearing about Russian oligarchs. You know, sociologically, it's fascinating to see this brand new class of like oil chic level wealth among this tiny group of shady Russian guys with broken noses, right? <laughs> but it, it tells you something about what has happened to the economy in that country and why Russia is still limping so badly in economic terms nearly 30 years after the wall came down. It's because this corrupt, remember it was supposed to be two superpowers in the world? Think about the economy of the United States and the economy of Russia, right? In Russia, there's this corrupt, elite class of connected thieves at the top who have been siphoning money out of that country like they're sticking a shop vac into an ant farm. Right? And I here's here's the thing, Rachel. It also has something to do with the fact that communism was dominant in that country for eighty years and the people who then took over the economy were all the top communists. So maybe what you should be looking at, you know, as a leftist, maybe you should be looking at Russia and saying, hey, it turns out the government control of the economy kind of sucks. One of the reasons that Russia has been a crap hole for a long time, and they were inflated as a superpower, by the way, because they spent every last dime they had, basically, on military preparedness and nuclear weapons, and people were, meanwhile, living in essentially military-style housing under military rationing conditions— you know, they, they weren't actually rich even when they were fighting us. The Russian, the Russian economy it was not a rich economy even when it was fighting us. They were just using an enormous amount of their, enormous amount of their budget for military matters so they could challenge us militarily, but they couldn't challenge us in terms of the economy, which is what Reagan knew, which is why he was able to run them into the ground. But it's amazing how far the left will go in order to not have to say the words communism was terrible and government-run economies suck. It's amazing how far they'll have to go. They'll say kleptocracy, they'll say oligarchy, but they'll never say that this has something to do with state involvement in the economy because that would undermine their entire claim, which is that state involvement in the economy is a good and wonderful thing. Okay, one more thing I hate, and then we'll do a brief Bible talk here. Uh, last thing I hate, so Tucker Carlson did a wonderful job in this interview with the executive vice president of Planned Parenthood. And the executive vice president of Planned Parenthood, again, they refuse to acknowledge basic science. The party of science refuses to acknowledge that babies are babies, and uh, Tucker does a pretty good job of tearing her apart here. So I want to know if that bothers you at all. Does it at all? Do you ever stop and think, wow, what is happening here? Is a life being taken? People say a life is being taken. Do you think that? I personally favor safe legal abortion in this country decided on by each individual woman and her doctor to decide for themselves. I personally do not believe that that is a viable fetus 
at that point. Not saying and, viable. And there are rules a, under. Well, there viable. are rules we follow. Why are you Roe giving me robotic responses? Out. I'm asking you a human question, and I hope you'll favor me with a human answer. I'm not saying it's viable. At five and a half weeks, it's not. But you can hear the heartbeat. Is that a human being or not? Is it separate from the mother or not? A different blood type, often a different sex, different DNA. It doesn't seem like a tumor or something that is connected to the woman wholly. It's distinct. What does that mean? I would think you would have thought about it considering you provide more of them than anyone. Is that I a have crazy thought question? about it very much for myself, but I am not going to project onto other women what I believe. What I believe crazy. is okay. that well, women... What she's saying here is so crazy, and this is why Carlson is saying, like, there's an objective standard here of life and not life. And she's saying, I'm not going to put my objective standard on anybody. Okay, let's apply that to everything else that the left says about science. They say that it's settled science that climate change is happening. I'm not going to put my standard on anybody else. Everyone gets to decide for themselves whether climate change is happening. The left likes to suggest that... In the that they are the party of science and therefore they're not big fans of God because God is is something that you can't prove, right? You can't prove atheism either, by the way, but they say that you can't prove you can't prove God. Well that means but but why would they put their standards on me? They say that they should be able to put their standards on me with regard to with regard to same sex marriage. They should be able to basically tell the rest of society how that works. Why can't we have different points of view? It's amazing. Ideological ideological consistency disappears for the left, and the idea of diversity of thought suddenly appears when it comes to objective truths like the baby is not the same thing as a tumor. Okay, a little bit of Bible talk, and then we will and then we will finish for today. So this week is in the Bible the Jew. The Jews read the portion of Kitisa. Okay, this is from uh, the the book of Exodus, and this has one of the more cryptic sections of the book of Exodus in it. And I, I really love this particular section. Uh, and this is right after God has decided to quasi punish the Jewish people for building the golden calf, but not destroy them because Moses begs him. And and the Lord says to Moses, even the, this is from uh, chapter 33, the Lord says to Moses, even this thing that you have spoken, I will do for you have found favor in my eyes and I've known you by name. And Moses said, show me now your glory. And God said, I will let all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and I will favor when I wish to favor and I will have compassion when I wish to have compassion. And he said, you will not be able to see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place with me and you shall stand on the rock and it shall be that when my glory passes by, I will place you into the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by and then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Pretty cryptic stuff, right? Well, my dad always had a take on this that I thought was pretty good. Uh, and that was that, you know what, you, you, if, you, if you're very close to somebody, if you have a friend, a family member, a spouse, you don't have to see their face to know it's them. Sometimes you can approach them from behind and you know that it's them, right? If I see my wife walking on the street, I don't actually have to see her turn around. I know that it's my wife. If I see my child, I know that it's my child without having to see her face or his face. If I see my parents, same sort of thing. Well, the idea here is that you don't have to see the face of God in order to know that God is there and to believe that God is, is present in your life. The reason God doesn't want to show Moses his face, and this is what most of the commentators say, is because... What that means is Moses is asking God, explain to me the system behind the universe. Explain to me how everything works. Explain to me how your logic works. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do, bad, why do good things happen to bad people? Why is all of this happening? Give me, give me the cosmic reason. Give me the cosmic justice. And God says, I can't show you that because you're a human being and you're not capable of understanding that. You can't see me. You can't see my face and live. But you can see the shadow of a logic in the universe. You can see me from the back. You can see that it's me. And you're going to have to trust that it's me. You're going to have to trust that I know what I'm doing. But you can see that it's me. You know me. And that is the essence of faith. The essence of faith is understanding that bad things do happen to good people. And good things do happen to bad people. And you're not going to understand all of that. But you do understand that there's a logic and a plan to the universe. And that 
sometimes in retrospect, sometimes from behind, you can see what that plan was. If you walk in God's footsteps and you follow God, you can sometimes see where he was walking, but it'll take a little while, right? So there is a trail to history, and sometimes you can see God treading that trail, but you can't always see it if you're too close up on it, and you certainly can't see God's face because you're not capable of understanding God's face. That's what faith is about. It's about understanding God it has a plan, even in times when you think that he's just winding winding through a trail that leads to nowhere, understanding that he does have, uh, that he is leading you. And as long as you're following him, then you understand all that's necessary to live a good, healthy, and decent life, even if bad things happen to you. Well, we'll talk more tomorrow about everything else that's happening in politics, and we'll do the mailbag, because tomorrow's a Thursday. I'll be at University of Redlands tonight, so if you're out there, I believe it's sold out, but you might be able to find some people scalping tickets, but check it out at University of Redlands tonight in California. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 